0: You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care
1: you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org. So the genie from Aladdin says he has absolute cosmic powers. Well, let me tell you about the God of the Bible. You're listening to Cornfield Theology. (music) Hey everyone, Pastor Sean here, Pastor Redemptional Church, located in the Des Moines Metro. Back at you with another Cornfield Theology podcast. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, um, hey Logan, um, how about that intro? Uh, you didn't see that coming, did you? No. Do you think God purposed my intro? Planned yeah. it, ordained it, decreed my intro.
0: Yeah. Somehow He's going to show His glory in that cringe.
1: <laughs> in that cringe.
0: Yeah. Oh, hopefully through redeeming it.
1: So are you? Yeah. Are you? Are you like old school Aladdin or like the new one?
0: Oh, the new one's terrible. Oh, really? Well, all right, all right. I take that back. I don't know if it's terrible. From the trailers, it oh, didn't look great. Okay, you can't be. But I didn't watch that. it, so I'm I'm retracting Stop. my. It's terrible. But I'm a huge fan of the original Aladdin. It's actually my favorite Disney movie. Is it really?
1: Yeah. I think I think it lands in my top three. Yeah. So I would have to say, you know, growing up, Lion King was a hit. Yeah. Um, man, what would be would be another one? Disney um i know they're all getting canceled now so. i know i don't like the little mermaid
0: that one's just terrible oh,
1: come on
0: what it's, the girl just disobeys her dad it's I know, okay it's, like, it's a terrible message <laughs> the moral. use your body to seduce a man yes
1: <laughs> oh man
0: disney family movies
1: <laughs> yeah disobey your parents right <laughs> what's the moral of the story disobedience get your
0: boyfriend to kill the sea
1: witch <laughs> Well, we should do a podcast just on Disney, <laughs> Disney movies. All right, we are here to talk about um, our confession of faith. Mm-hmm. So Redemption Hill Church, we're part of a larger denomination that holds to a confession of faith. There's some nuances here regarding a confession of faith from a statement of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, in my view, confessions of faith, uh, a little bit broader, deeper in terms of its theology. Much more robust and expansive in terms of all the areas of of theology which the Bible speaks to, is sitting on, and um, uh, our confession of faith is built off the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. So
0: right, which is based off of the Westminster. Yeah, so. they,
1: they. Yeah, I've mentioned this before. They've ripped off like ninety percent whatever from <laughs> Westminster. <laughs> but
0: uh, you would almost think like the you got the the statement of faith, you got the confession of faith, mm-hmm. I think you got like a systematic theology above that because confession's very close to a systematic. Well,
1: yeah, in terms of
0: its. But briefer,
1: yeah. In terms of like, kind of thinking through, like, you know, what's brief, what's condensed to what's becomes more robust and broad, and yeah, I mean, that would be a flow for sure, for certain. You know, our our confession of faith has over thirty sections, right? Right. And um, again, we're we're building off sixteen eighty nine, and what I mean by that is the sixteen eighty nine is a great document, as is the Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, but we also acknowledge within Trinity Fellowship Church is that um, the 1689 was written for its time. Mm-hmm. Now there are certain principles that transcend, you know, time, right? Certain theological principles, but there's other areas which you know in the 21st century we've got to speak into as well. Cultural things that the Bible speaks to, and so right. And and then obviously there's the modernization of language. Right. Like I, I don't know about you, but I'm not a massive fan of like King James, kings, King ish type language. (laughs) can't even talk English regular English how do you think I'm gonna handle King James you know so 1689 you know there was a modernization that we've done as well I agree with (laughs) thee you know my first bible was given to me by a Mormon and I wasn't even saved and it was like I opened it up I couldn't read half the words I mean I wasn't a bright kid but I could read like a headline or something (laughs) or Sports Illustrated at the time you know Uh, but I could never read that so Anyways, so uh, that's part of all, what our Confession of Faith is all about. This should be noted as well. Um, some of the thoughts and opinions that we give regarding this particular section or all the subsequent podcasts that we do about you know, Section 3, Section 4, Section 5, and the various topics that are within those sections are our opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I fully acknowledge there are other brothers, uh, pastors in Trinity Fellowship churches where they would nuance things different differently than me. They may accent things differently. Um, you know, we, we hold to this together, right? That they're, right. they're they're the guardrails. You know, that's like a statement of faith too. Here's the guardrails, right? Uh, but I certainly want to acknowledge that I'm not speaking for the anyone. entire denomination. Yeah, yeah this our uh, these podcasts exist for our local church to help right. our local church understand um, in, in in regards to our confession of faith more more deeply what it is we believe and what it is we we hold to. So I always throw that caveat out when we do our uh, podcasts on our confession of faith. I certainly don't want to speak for other brothers who I love right. um who are pastoring their local churches. Right. And you know then you saying? bring me on on one of the most controversial. I know. Sections. Well <laughs> I figured I figured if uh if um there's gonna be like any hate mail, I can just direct it toward you. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's what you're there for, maybe? <laughs> no? You
0: should give me a Redemption Hill email. Yeah. I don't even need to look at it, but that's where all the hate mail just goes to. <laughs>
1: No, we're not getting any hate mail. Actually, I get a lot of great emails from people who are listening. People yeah. don't know, and you know, they're just either trying to encourage or ask questions. Or you know, one person said, "Hey, your Spotify, you know, messed up. You know, the podcast." And so I'm like, "Oh, thanks for telling me. Right. So we can square <laughs> that away." I- which which leads me into one one announcement, and then into our confession of faith. Okay. Um, the reason why the Spotify was a little messed up is because. What have we been doing, man? We've been building out a Cornfield Theology website. Ah, just sounds have. good. Cornfieldtheology.com. It's going to have... Gonna, I'm just going to savor this sip of coffee while you talk a little more about the website.
0: Yeah, so the website's going to be awesome. It's going to have our podcast, so it'll be just a one-stop shop for everything. You don't yeah. have to listen on Apple or Spotify or that sort of thing. We're also going to have blogs yep. written by you, me and
1: guest bloggers guest as well, bloggers yeah. as well.
0: Um, and then we're also trying to build out a resource page now I like
1: this now explain this well because um, I think this part is really exciting
0: Yeah, so I, I thought of the resource page because like we're not gonna know everything and what yeah and
1: there's a bunch of you just graduated from seminary man don't you know everything now no i have to get my phd for that (laughs) okay then you know everything (laughs) okay but as one professor told me in seminary a lot of a lot of dumb people can get phds (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm like i thought that was a jab toward me and i'm like but he was saying something else he was encouraging he was trying to encourage me
0: I love that. I know you're not smart. You don't need to be smart. <laughs> you can still get a PhD. <laughs> yeah. So the resource page is basically us linking to other websites. With on, permission. With permission. Yeah. with uh, On different subjects um, that we, you know, we're going to talk about, certainly. But we want to give other perspectives that are very thoughtful. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we agree with 100% of what they say. We just think that this particular article yeah. speaks well right. about this. So a couple of organizations include... Uh, We have permission from gotquestions.org, Ligonier Ministries, Desiring God, and Together for the Gospel. So,
1: like, yeah, and um, also, um, oh, what's the uh, place out of uh, Bloomington, Minnesota? Oh, Bethany, Just Disciple? Yeah, Just Disciple as well. So, I mean, as we see articles, we're going to, you know, link to them, get permission, of course. And take, this is a great example, Ligonier, right? I mean, Presbyterian, or Presbyterian background, at the very least. And we're not Presbyterian. We're not sprinkling babies anytime soon. No. Like we're not going Westminster. We're sticking 1689. Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, we would disagree on, you know, baptism nuances of the covenant, things like that. Mm-hmm. But we still love a ton of what they say. And uh, we want to be able to provide and we that. And might even post an article of the, that they have
0: defending infant baptism just because it could be a well thought out article, yeah. even if we disagree with it.
1: And here's where where. um as a local church, I find value in what other people are doing, mm-hmm. other organizations, some parachurch ministries as well. I do thank God created the local church, the local church, as a means of which the gospel goes forth. But I certainly want to acknowledge, within broader evangelicalism, a lot of good work that's being done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we don't want to live in a silo. Now, I love, I love our denomination. Right. And I'm grateful for the partnership. But I certainly want to acknowledge there are others who are speaking, thinking and writing well and in speaking well on various theological topics, especially as a... As a it relates to engaging culture too right mm-hmm. so um we 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 have a particular bent in terms of our own theology um but we're grateful for other people who are able to um you know do these other things well just things things that we're doing you know mm-hmm. podcasting blogging etc um so a greater acknowledgement of what's going on around us mm-hmm. far and wide so it's good so you can check out check out that link soon cornfieldtheology.com technically it's live but we still have some work to do but we'll do a big push it's an alpha it's uh well what is it's it in a? the beta
0: stage or whatever um, Isn't that like the? it's an early access early access it's yeah. a very <laughs> video
1: game term oh where, well, you lost me
0: sorry it's like a game's like playable but not finished yep still don't know what you're talking about it's <laughs> like if you played mario before it was finished oh why would i do that Hey, eh, you support them early oh i see get extra content okay
1: so like you can you can um apple does this when they before they put out a. Uh, a new update, iOS update, mm-hmm. you can get the beta version. Yeah. And okay, okay. Essentially, okay. yeah. You know, I'm tracking with your 20-year-old mind. I'm, I just turned 40 recently. I'm, I'm slowing down, man. So you got to explain terms to me. Or else you just lose me in the weeds. All right, section three. Section three today, Logan. Um, what is the topic? God's decree. I, I want to say God's sovereign decree. Yeah. You know, even just like a little more oomph. What are we talking about? God is sovereign. He decrees things. You know where my mind goes to when I think of like a decree? Sixteenth century England or something like that, like castles heere, and kings. Heere. Yeah. here, here, you will do this or die. <laughs> <laughs> now, thankfully our God is good and sovereign and, and uh a loving merciful. God. Merciful. <laughs> yes, and merciful. But like King Henry the Eighth, you know, dulling out decrees, you know, not a great example. Had some issues being married, you know, off to few people to get remarried, you know.
0: He said, "Death to us, part." <laughs> he did say that, and he <laughs> he walked that
1: out. Um, you know, but the, my mind kind of goes there. You know, trying to put some a metaphor, not a, but a picture, mm-hmm. in terms of what we're talking about a decree. Basically, a an individual who is speaking something basically into existence. Um, now, with God, we're, it's the ante has been upped significantly, mm-hmm. and we see in Scripture God's decree. Um, all over the place. The oh, fingerprints yeah. of God's decrees all over the place. So let's first think broadly mm-hmm. about God's decree, and then next we will talk. We'll narrow. We'll narrow the funnel a little bit. We'll talk about God's decree in a person's salvation. We mm-hmm. use some very specific terms for that, and then we'll talk about where does that lead us at the end. You know, in light of God's sovereign decree, in light of what that means for salvation, uh, where what are we left with? And I think our confession of faith in section three. Kind of heads in that trajectory would you mm-hmm. agree yeah absolutely because of section
0: one general section three salvation and then from section three it builds out a few more yeah points and then section seven ends with praise yeah so there's spoilers
1: so yeah spoilers and there's <laughs> you know when we when we talk about our confession of faith being robust mm-hmm. uh, so for example we'll read some of it we're not going to read all of it because it's just gonna it would take another two hours or whatever to really read it all and then parse it out or whatever I mean, we could do a part two God's decree, you know, that's, that's how much we have in our confession of faith, mm-hmm. we're just trying to get you a taste, uh, a basic understanding. So that actually encourages you to go to redemptionhilldsm.org. You can read our confession of faith. You can go to trinityfellowshipchurches.com, Trinity I think it's .com, um, to read the confession of faith there as well. So, but we're, especially, specific, excuse me, especially for members of Redemption Church, mm-hmm. we want you to know. Uh, what it is uh, elders at Redemption of Church are held to uh, regarding theology. So, uh, number one, could you read number one for me, Logan? It's the longest one, so um, so bear with us. But uh, read section one um, Absolutely, of God's decree. Go ahead. God has decreed
0: in himself from all eternity all things, whatever comes to pass, by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably, yet... He is neither the author of sin, nor has fellowship with anyone in sin, nor does he violate the will of the creature, nor yet in the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. In this, his wisdom is displayed in directing all things, as is his power and faithfulness in
1: accomplishing his decree. So I want to latch on to this whole idea that God directs all things. Mm-hmm. We could talk about, you know, what's the relationship between God and sin and all that kind of stuff. Because that's important, too, because mm-hmm. what does that mean for salvation that we're going to get there? Um, so people might be, be like, well, how does God have anything to do? It cannot have anything to do with sin and yet, you know, be in relationship with a person. What does that look like? what? Well, that's mm-hmm. where we get to the gospel. But before we get there, God directs all things. So we've been going through Ephesians 1. Mm-hmm. Well, Ephesians, right? We're finally in Ephesians 2. Finally. After seven?
0: seven, It was nine sermons in Ephesians Um,
1: 1. But I I went slow, mm -hmm. and part of that is because it's packed with theology. Kind of like our confession of faith is packed with theology. And one particular point um, of many points drawn out in Ephesians 1 is how God directs all things. According to the counsel of his will. Yeah, so I'm just going to read just a few uh, phrases here in verse 5 of Ephesians 1 God predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ here it is according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace mm-hmm. going to verse 9 he's making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose and then when you get to verse 11 in him in Christ right got that got that mm-hmm. you know repetitive thing in Christ in him in Christ over and over again in him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to The purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And then, you know, kind of the praise of his glorious grace as you round out verse 12. So Mm -hmm. you you see there just in that passage alone that it is God who's orchestrating all things, all things, Mm -hmm. some things, a few things. No, all things. things. Yeah, that's why I like verse 11 particularly because
0: you can kind of dismiss the other two as Mm -hmm. he's just talking about like, a person's salvation but eleven bronze it out. Yeah. It's he he says God is willing this to happen because he wills all things to happen. Yeah. According to his purposes.
1: Now what do you have any objections to this? Oh, I mean one of the major objections, which we're just trying to be fair. Like not everyone's gonna agree with us. They might say, Hey, have you thought about this? And Mm -hmm. the answer is yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean one of the objections which is mentioned in, in our confession is that it makes God the author of sin. Um, which we have to obviously deny. But the question then becomes, okay, how can we deny that he is the author of sin while maintaining yeah. that he's decreed all things to come to pass? Right.
1: So your answer to that is
0: Oh, why you gotta put me on the spot? Because you're the pastoral residents now. Ooh, upgrade. Upgrade. Upgrades, people, upgrades. <laughs> um so usually when I think of that, so you have to dif- differentiate um, secondary, tertiary causes as well. Yeah. Um, but I think the Bible is very clear. It talks about, you know, God being holy and pure, yep. but also decreeing things to happen. Yeah. Uh, I like
1: to go to um, Genesis 50. Genesis 50, the story of Joseph. Right. Yep. Joseph. He's um, His brothers come well, to you, him. You can even back up. Sorry. You can even back up and talk about how God hardened Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's heart. heart. Yeah. Right, and so you see God intentionally doing something, and the result of Pharaoh's heart being hardened is what? More plagues, <laughs> yeah, you know, and and eventually the firstborn being killed by yeah, an angel. Right, of death. and God does have anything to do with sin, mm-hmm. but you see His sovereign decree at work mm-hmm. in in the hearts of sinful man.
0: And I'd like to also point out in Exodus. God says, "I will harden Pharaoh's heart before Moses even goes see mm. and to see Pharaoh." Because yeah. some people point out that Pharaoh hardens his own heart, which is true. Which is true, yeah. But the whole intention, like God, was very clear that He was also going to be harden Pharaoh's right. heart before Pharaoh even hardened his own heart.
1: So you got that whole thing before the you know the Red Sea crossing, and then we mm. and then we get to Joseph in, in uh, Genesis fifteen. Yeah, 50, and fifty. 50
0: yeah. So what I find so interesting you know, with Genesis fifty is Joseph's brothers come to him because they've sold him into slavery. Yeah, what a bunch of jerks.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean they just hated. Did you read that? are just like, I mean he was Joseph was like not not exactly a, a prince. He's like, look at my look at my multicolored coat, guys. I mean, yeah,
0: he kind of bragged about being yeah. the favorite, and then also said, hey, all you, you're gonna bow down. Yeah,
1: I, I I imagine if like I would have said that to my three brothers, it would not have. Over, gotten might I would not have gone over well. <laughs> And
0: and in the end, in Genesis 50, he's right. Yeah. They all did bow down to him in fear because now Joseph is the second most powerful man in all of Egypt and they're coming to Joseph, hoping for mercy. And Joseph says, what you intended for good, God, or sorry, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. It's the same action. The selling of Joseph into slavery, everything that happened to Joseph all of it was evil and those people are held accountable for those evil actions, but God and his intentions were for good. Cause ultimately because of Joseph being sold into slavery and going through these terrible things, becoming mm-hmm. second, you know, most powerful person in Egypt, he was able to advise Pharaoh to save up food so that the people oh, of yeah. Israel won't yeah. starve to right. death. Right. So evil is used
1: for God's people's salvation. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, um, can I actually throw
1: out more? I had one, but go ahead. I was if, if you all... if you steal the one that I'm about to say, I'm firing you. Is it Isaiah 11? No, it isn't. But it's from Isaiah. Go ahead. Okay,
0: because <laughs> I have another one from from Acts. Okay. Well, in Isaiah 11, um, I think it's Isaiah 11. It's. Beginning of Isaiah. Don't quote me. It's eleven.
1: It's a, a lot of chapters in Isaiah. 66. Six.
0: But it's when God sends. He's saying that he's going to send the Assyrian army yeah. to
1: punish Israel. Right. You're in. You're. You're in the uh, everyone's getting punished stage of Isaiah. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah There's A lot of.
0: So God's going to send the Assyrian arm, army to punish Israel for their idolatry, and yeah. then he turns around and he's going to punish Assyria for what they do to right. Israel. It's exactly right. Why? Because. God's intention is to do just punishment on Israel. The Assyrians, they're doing it to glorify themselves. Yes. They're a tool that is going to say, look at what I'm doing and how great I am, but they're just a hammer in right. God's hands. Yeah. Yeah. So same action decreed by God. Sovereign decree, Sovereign degree, but he's going to punish them yeah. for doing it because
1: of the intention of their heart. So my turn, right? Go Isaiah 46. So, uh, shameless plug, not shameless, like our podcast, right? Um, and Redemptional Church, we, we go through uh, the book of Isaiah and our community groups. Mm-hmm. So we've gone through Isaiah 11. Uh, we'll, we will approach this passage in Isaiah 46, which says this starting in, well, let's go verse nine. For I am God and there's no other. I'm God and there's none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times Things not yet done, saying, "My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish my purpose." <laughs> oh, what a passage!
0: Do you want to know an objection I've heard to that? What? That like God declared the end, but nothing in between. Oh, sure. Like no, He just knows what's gonna, how it's gonna end, but He doesn't know how it's gonna get to. And this that is where end.
1: you know, keeping you know, reading more of your Bible is really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like. I got an objection to that passage. It doesn't say everything that I want to say, well, okay, keep reading and then call me you know, but yeah i I hear I hear the objection mm-hmm. my objection to the objection <laughs> is keep reading your Bible, where you see God has purposed all things mm-hmm. um, from the end between between the beginning and the end and uh yeah,
0: I want to give one more passage to show how God can ordain things that are evil and yet not be the author of sin. yeah, and it's the cross, yes. So, like, Jesus is murdered, like, flat out, which is against God's command not to murder. But in Acts, God says that Pontius Pilate, the Romans, and the Jews all did what he had predestined them to
1: do. And There there was no plan B. This was plan A. It was plan A from the the, beginning. We can talk about the covenant of redemption, kind of get into our confession of faith again. We believe the covenant of redemption, this plan was always in play. It was it was purposed. It was decreed, mm-hmm. and yet, who's responsible? The Romans, the Jews, us, Pilate, Pilate. us, yeah, our sin. So that's another good one, man. Oh, huh. It just when you talk about that in those terms, we talk about the cross in those terms. It just leads me to worship. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like oh, God is so good. You know, I am I am a sinner. It is my sin that pounded in the nails yeah. of Jesus. Wasn't it Jonathan
0: Edwards that said the only thing that I contributed to my salvation was the sin that
1: made it necessary? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if Edwards said that. It but was, say it with confidence. It was, it was people a John. It was a John. John. <laughs> you got a Calvin, uh, Edwards, think, Piper. either Edwards or <laughs> Owen, I think. <laughs> John MacArthur. <laughs> Why couldn't R.C. Sproul be named John? That would have been a lot easier. <laughs> Okay, that's good, man. Um, so God is sovereign over all things. Mm-hmm. That's broadly speaking. I, I do think the covenant of redemption, um, if you're familiar with that kind of that kind of language and that um, and the theology of covenant of redemption, that helps us think through uh, God's sovereign plan broadly. That mm-hmm. leads us to a more narrow understanding of the cross, which you pointed out.
0: Right. And so, good. I also want to mention R.C. Sproul. I think brilliantly said is if there is one maverick molecule, which means if there is one molecule that can randomly act yeah. however it wants to, you will have no assurance of God's promises mm. because that one f- free molecule well, can
1: right. do a chain of events that causes the plans of God to be thrown off course. Yeah, it's so true, man. It's so true. And, and I, this is where I, I think talk about molecules. So this is where science is so beautiful mm-hmm. and it's complementary and understanding God's sovereignty. Like when you, this is where I'm a big uh, intelligent design mm-hmm. you know, fan. Um, in terms of trying to understand, you know, science and how that points us to, you know, first theism, and then you kind of get into it more than, you know, the God of the Bible. Right. Is that you see the order yeah. of all things. Like, you ask the question, could evolution, ha- could 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 our our lives and all the cells evolve to this? Or, or was it someone who created it in such a way where there was complete order and not chaos? Because there's no, it's not chaotic. Mm-hmm. And so, and all led to your point, and R.C. Sproul's point, there are no maverick molecules; they're all under God's sovereign will. He's decreed them; mm-hmm. He decreed them into existence, and frankly, He could decree them out of existence. You know that, what I'm saying?
0: That, but that breaks the laws of conservation oh, of yeah. matter. All
1: right. Moving on, it's almost like He's Lord of the laws. Yeah, right. <laughs> like miracles, right? You know what I'm saying? Like seriously, like people like. If there if there's anyone who could um like resurrection of the dead yes <laughs> mm-hmm. make sure that happens, it's God. Right. The one who made everything, who right. made the molecules. <sighs> All right, so number three, um, of of section three point three. Awesome. Go you ahead. You want and me read to it. read it again? Yeah, please do.
0: By decree of God, for the demonstration of his glory, some men and angels are predestined or foreordained to eternal life through Jesus Christ, to the praise of his glorious grace, others being left to act in their sin, to their just condemnation, to the praise of his glorious justice.
1: So now we're getting into election. Mm -hmm. Now let's back up here. Here's what we first need to say. Not a single person deserves God's saving grace and mercy. Amen. Because of sin. Not a single person. People might get hung up on this and be like, "I think, I think it's, I think it's a matter of trying to understand um, the facts first, mm-hmm. because of sin, because of excuse a theological category here, total depravity, right? Because of the sin of our first parents, um, Adam and Eve, uh, all of humanity and all of creation has been infected with sin, right? And so we have now have a sin nature. We rebel against God. Mm-hmm. We do not deserve the mercy of God. So why is that important to point out?
0: It's important to point out. So what leads me to, maybe this isn't where you're going, but where it leads me it to better be
1: where I'm going. Where um, I'm,
0: <laughs> well, one of the objections I hear, cause it's talking about election that God chose yeah. us. Well, some people will object, Well, that makes you special or something like you, you become superior, like have a superiority complex because you think you're chosen. Yeah. It's the exact opposite. Oh my, oh my goodness. God this. chose me. Not because of anything I did. I'm not smarter. I didn't figure it out. You know, yeah. I didn't make a better choice than someone else. Yeah. It's because of only because of God's grace that I ever became a Christian.
1: Right. And so a couple passages. Again, let's go back to Ephesians 1, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Um, if you go to verse 4, Even as he chose us in him before mm-hmm. the foundation of the world. God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So before Genesis 1-1, God chose his, the word here, electos, is the word chosen here, but he could say elect here. Right. Uh, before the foundation of the world, before Genesis 1-1. That's pretty amazing, man.
0: Yeah. Reminds me of um, Romans time when it talks about before Jacob or Esau could do anything, Jacob I
1: loved, Esau I hated. Yeah. and Which Malachi quotes that as well. Right. And then obviously we're going back. To the pentateuch mm-hmm. um, and it's um
0: like some people think it's like arbitrary or something like that it's just out of his love and grace yeah i don't know the exact reason that god chose a particular person all i know is that
1: it he did and it's for his glory yeah but here's a bad analogy of a little bit of what's going on especially when we talk about jacob and esau mm-hmm. so i got two awesome girls sure two beautiful girls and um how i care for each of them can sometimes be different Mm-hmm. I don't love them differently, sure, but um, uh, the how I care for them could be differently. They're different ages; they have different interests, whatever else have you? Different personalities, exactly. So uh, occasionally, I'll uh, hang out with one of my children, and I'll choose to bless that child in the moment. Okay, be like, hey, um, we're gonna go to Barnes Noble. My kids love books. One of my children, in particular, just can't put it down. Like dinner table, she's reading a book and eating food. I'm like, child. <laughs> it's a family moment get that book down and on the other hand I'm like keep I, I going keep reading <laughs> all it's say, those books are going to get progressively bigger and then they're going to come oh, from you <laughs> I know I know we have so many books in our house anyways I- I'll bless her and be like here go buy yourself two new books
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, I'll take it home and the other child would be like what? why did I not get one
0: mm-hmm.
1: well it's because I chose to bless her in this moment. Mm-hmm. Now, the analogy breaks down quite quickly. Right. Because I'll go bless my other child at another time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see how ne- neither of them deserved it. Deserved it. Sure. They don't deserve the blessing at any moment. But in that moment, I chose to bless her. And so you see, again, with Jacob and Esau, neither of them deserve God's blessing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they deserve anything from God. But mm-hmm. God, in his decree, sovereign decree, chose Jacob. Period. Yeah. And not Esau. And that's a big hang-up for some people. Yep. And I hear multiple objections to that because we get into the doctrine of reprobation at this point. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, go back to the original premise, this is where you're going back to the original premise is really important. No one deserves God's grace and mercy. Uh, we're, we all deserve wrath, just wrath of God because of our sin.
0: As uh, James White says, it's not... The you question-
1: just lost half of our audience by... That's all right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hey, you cannot like him, but he's right on something. I don't, I don't watch him too much. <laughs> I don't watch him a lot anymore either. When I was in that cage
1: stage, I was like, "Rah, rah, James White." Yeah, it seems like everyone in cage stage that kind of gravitates toward him. But go ahead, I don't know if you're that saying. Says anything,
0: anyways. Yeah, but he said the question is not why does God choose some and not others; it's why does He choose anyone at all?
1: Yeah, that is exactly right. Why? And I think. Unless you have that category in the, in your head, you will feel God is not being just, mm-hmm. and you will feel like God is arbitrary. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes an issue of, of of pride. Yeah, I think, um, you know, God, God, if you, if you say I deserve that, well, that's your pride speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact is, you don't. I don't deserve anything God has given me. I don't deserve any of the blessings, the all the heavenly blessings. <laughs> you know, in Ephesians one that we've been talking about, right? I, mean, I don't deserve any of that. I don't deserve. Your wife, my wife, my kids—I don't deserve deserve the air I breathe. The fact that I'm breathing this air is an act of mercy from God, because He has the right to just
0: end it one hundred percent whenever He wants, but He chooses not to.
1: And so it is this—that's why you know the doctrine of total depravity is so important and foundational, because it really does begin to build out. Okay, mm-hmm. what do we what do we mean now when God decrees you know sovereignly an election, right? Right. So any other thoughts on on the point
0: 3? Um it mentions at the end talking about leaving those in their sin mm-hmm. and condemnation. And I wanted to do you think do you believe in double predestination? I wanted to bring that up cuz it's it's a it's a within the calvinistic community. Yeah, it is. There's there's some disagreement on that one, so I wanted to bring it up.
1: I think logically everyone who holds to the doctrine of election mm-hmm. has a category for double predestination somehow. Okay. Whether it's like a soft double predestination or like a hard one, you know? I think I think everyone knows instinctively what's going on here. Sure. And so, um, again, go back to the original premise of total depravity. Y- you can't help but get away. None of us deserve it. Mm-hmm. And if God's choosing, electing some... The next logical conclusion statement is what? He's not choosing others. Mm-hmm. Again, go back to Romans 9. I think it's Malachi 2. Jacob, I, I loved Esau, I hated. I don't know how you get away from that and not have some version of, double, of predestination. double predestination in view. Yeah.
0: I mean, on a different section of Romans 9, it talks about how he makes one one pot for, oh, what is he doing? one pot for mercy and one pot for no one pot for honorable use. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. and another for dishonorable use. Right. Um, because some people they when it comes to reprobation, it, it the way this is actually worded kind of sounds like everyone's on this path to destruction. Right. God chooses and picks them off the path and takes them off the path. Yeah yeah. There's another view that no God sets people down separate paths. Yeah. From the onset.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, one's a soft double predestination. Yeah. The the the, the choosing whoop. off the path. Yeah. yeah. And the other one's more like a hard double predestination. Mm-hmm. want to use the, you know, the analogies that you gave. And I think within the Reformed community, even within our denomination, there's going to be, we wrestle, we're going to wrestle with mm-hmm. where we want to land on that. But I think at the end of the day, whether people want to admit it outright or not, mm-hmm. that's what's going on. And that's yeah. what we read in, in Holy Scripture. Yeah,
0: I think you can't get away from the active role um, of a reprobation yeah. from in Romans 9, particularly. Yeah, right. you, he's active in creating vessels of wrath is the terms that are used. Yeah, and I think it's also important that even they serve a purpose like he's not doing that arbitrarily. Like the purpose oh, yeah. is to demonstrate his justice. Right,
1: right. So yeah that's my answer i i I think that was a political answer like i will not confirm or deny it (laughs) i was told one time i'm really good about dancing around hard theological (laughs) questions Mm -hmm. i think i tap dance a little bit but i I do think i do think generally speaking it it, there's a there's a um a spectrum that people believe on that issue of double predestination so any other Mm -hmm. final thoughts on that I just love that you're like, I'm
0: kind of political about it. Final political answer. (laughs) Do you believe in this? There's a spectrum. (laughs) There's different kinds of people at different points in that spectrum. (laughs) Any other final
1: thoughts?
0: (laughs) You didn't answer the question.
1: (laughs) I'm going to laugh, crying. (laughs) Uh, my pastor resident called me out. All right. Hey, could you do me a favor? Read number four. Number point four. four of, uh, section three. While I, while I compose myself a little <laughs> bit here. Oh.
0: These angels. <laughs> Dang
1: it.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, These angels and men, thus predestined and foreordained, are particularly and unchangeably designed, and their number... Uh, so certain and definite that it cannot be either increased or dis- diminished.
1: Uh, so, your thoughts on number four? Mine, mine are my, my mind goes to this idea of predestined and foreordained, mm-hmm. and then some people will want to begin to talk about foreknowledge. Sure, and it's not there. Um, you know, maybe it could be because mm-hmm. uh, you read about it again in Ephesians one, Romans eight. Mm-hmm. Those he foreknew, he predestined. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted to bring that up because, you know, one of the objections to the reform position of the doctrine of election is that God kind of saw in the future what Logan Cain was going to do. And... And then decreed it after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so know.
0: there's a few few objections I have to that objection. Oh, yeah. yeah. Counter objection.
1: Counter objection to the objection.
0: I think for God to look down the corridors of time and to see our choices means that our choices were predestined then before God predestined. Do you get what I'm getting at?
1: What did you say?
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: Just kidding. <laughs> for God to... Explain it for the listeners who might not have understood what you were saying. <laughs> Like, in order to look <laughs> down the corridors of time, yeah, um,
0: and God to see that you know, Logan came, would choose to give himself to Christ is an act of God's decree. Well, not that it is an act of God's decree, it would have already had to be predestined for him to look down the oh, corridors sure. of time to gotcha. see, yeah, yeah, and then he's simply just affirming or redestining what is already going to take place. We don't have the word redestining in our Bibles, yeah, no, it's not there. And which, idea. I, so to me, it'd be like if you go back to Romans 8, which is that passage that talks about, therefore, he foreknew, therefore, yeah, Romans know, 8, he predestined, yeah. it'd be they were destined or predestined, and he foreknew, so he destined them again, or right, which I don't think is logical or what the text is saying, right? But then that comes down to what does foreknow mean,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: what I find interesting is in the Bible, to know someone is. Different than the way we usually know it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it can, it means an intimate knowledge exactly. or a relationship. Mm-hmm. So he his foreknowing of someone is having that fore intimate relationship with that person.
1: Yeah, and that's why he predestines. Right. So yeah, I think that intimacy points actually really critical. Mm-hmm. And when you get into some of the nuances of the Greek, and you, and again, our English betrays us so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is case in point. Uh, I know a lot of great things. Uh, I know that I'm in the middle of Iowa right now, doing a podcast, and you know there's corn being seeded over there. Right. Um, We take cornfield theology very seriously. Yeah, so we do in the middle of cornfield. Cornfield. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, that's not what we're talking about here, right? It's a relational intimacy that God foreknows, Mm -hmm. and that helps uh, help us understand the gravity Mm -hmm. of what's being said. And I think the other thing when you run into the word foreknowledge in Ephesians one. And in Romans eight, you ha- you have to understand it within the context, mm-hmm. and it's in the context of election, mm-hmm. and so it's the rest of those theological terms to help help inf- help us inform what foreknow oh actually means. And I think a lot of the arguments based upon this this word foreknow oh is taken in isolation from the whole. Mm-hmm. And you can you can make a
0: basis that to know something is that intimate relationship yeah. because in Genesis one or two. It talks about Adam knowing Eve mm-hmm. that is yep. a intimate, yes. relationship that they began, yeah yep. I mean
1: that's why you can know that no means more than just having knowledge of right, yep, that's exactly right, so it's good. That's more on our confession of faith now. let's do one more section. Wait, pause, yeah. oh man, I'm sorry, I had one more thing. I want
0: to touch on the last bit of section four that says that. Yeah, the elect before. cannot be increased or diminished.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had I had that highlighted as well.
0: Because I think that's a very important thing. Because one thing we always need to be pushing back against is hyper Calvinism. Yeah, this idea that we don't need to go out and preach the gospel because who God is going to save? They're going to get saved anyways, regardless of yeah. our uh, our actions. Yeah, we're
1: like we're a very missional church. Like we are on mission to preach the gospel because, as we see in Acts, right. Uh, Paul, I think he's about to go into Philippi, and you know, God's mm-hmm. like, you're gonna you're gonna go preach there because there are people who are gonna respond mm-hmm. to your preaching. Mm-hmm. I've I've already destined them, and so uh, we do the same thing. We're on mission to preach the gospel here in the Des Moines metro, in particular, then more broadly in terms of other things that we want to support, mm-hmm. um, because we know in God's sovereignty, His decree that there will pe- there will be people who will, will respond to it. Mm, and we are means to yeah. them responding yeah. and i i think it can even be more
0: simple than that to not be on mission to not preach the gospel because of your belief in election is an act of disobedience 110
1: man what is what is matthew 28 in the bible for then right you know what i'm saying like you know Jesus go there <laughs> and make disciples and And baptize them and teach them. They'll
0: be made disciples anyways.
1: Yeah. yeah, Exactly. No, you've been commanded. Go. (laughs) Yeah. That's. What do we do? Go. I don't understand. Go. Just. Yeah. Exactly. uh, Let Charlotte just do it. (laughs) So you're right. That's a good point to draw out because that is a an uh, often made and misplaced critique of Mm -hmm. Calvinism in particular and the doctrine of election. Yeah.
0: I mean, a ton of historical, well-known missionaries. Oh, yeah. Calvinists.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. Calvinists are rocking it in terms of missions Uh, because we love what God says in his Mm -hmm. word. Now that I'm not saying those, you're not a Calvinist, don't love his word in between. Yeah, uh, there's other great non-Calvinist missionaries, right?
0: but the accusation uh, against Calvinism that they're against
1: missions is just wrong. It's (laughs) just ludicrous, yeah. No, that's a good point. I'm glad you stopped there and uh, covered that one. So let's go over one more. And then again, we're not going through everything, but I want to encourage you to go read uh, the Confession of Faith Mm -hmm. at our website. Uh, RedemptionHillDSM.org and you know study for yourself. Pick up some books on the 1689. Learn the foundation and 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 track with us as we continue to to continue to do more podcasts on this particular uh, confession. Go ahead, number seven. Number seven,
0: the doctrine of the high mystery of predestination is Mm -hmm. to be handled with special prudence and care that men, obedient to the will of God as revealed in His Word, may from the certainty of their effectual calling, be assured of their eternal election. So shall this doctrine be a source of praise, reverence, and admiration of God, and of humil- humility, diligence, and abundant uh,
1: consolation to all that sincerely obey the gospel. So there's two, two points I want to draw to this, and mm-hmm. we might have more. Uh, one is uh, this phrase, be assured of their eternal election Mm -hmm. so within you know reformed tradition more in particular if you want to take the five points of calvin uh, of calvinism tulip we have the perseverance or some people want to say preservation of the saints that's my favorite yeah and there's good arguments on both sides about Mm -hmm. what one you should use Uh, i tend toward the preservation of saints but if i hear perseverance i don't like
0: "Ah, what's going on here paul said
1: to run the race yeah yeah exactly perseverance Perseverance yeah exactly. So, um, anyways, but the eternal security that we have, mm-hmm. we ha- our faith is assured. Mm-hmm. And the fa- here, here's why it's assured. There's lots of reasons why. Here's some thoughts. The faith that we have has been given to us mm-hmm. by God. Right. Right. Thank goodness it wasn't Sean Powers who saved himself, or all of a sudden I, I conjured up this faith in order to understand and believe God. Mm-hmm. It was 100% god Mm -hmm. and because it is and it's in a way he's made a promise he's like you're mine you're my son again ephesians you're no longer a child of wrath you are a son or daughter Mm -hmm. and god does not go back on things that he's decreed and done he doesn't go back on his promises right so he will see me until the end now is that an excuse to go live my life in a debauchery way you know antinomianism things like that read Romans six (laughs) yeah go read Romans six shall i go on sinning so that grace may abound Absolutely no. not. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> the scripture is really clear on that. Um, but can I, can I, can I, where I sit right now, or where I stand, can I be assured that God will hold on to me even at moments when I feel like I'm not holding on to God? Mm-hmm. Yes. As a matter of fact, it is it is it is that God holds on to me that gives me the strength? It's because it comes from Him mm-hmm. in order to move forward in faith. So that's point one: assurance of. Uh, of faith, preservation of the saints, perseverance of saints—that whole category. Yeah,
0: I mean, just to bring up Ephesians again, because I feel like you can almost get all five points of Calvinism in Ephesians one. You know, it talks about us being sealed by the Holy Spirit, and yeah. I brought this up in the in the sermon, where yeah, um, verse thirteen and fourteen, Ephesians right, one, yeah. that you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, and the promised—it's a down payment. It's a—it's a. It's a um, Oh, what like I mean? a guarantee almost? Yeah, the guarantee of our inheritance. Ernest, yeah. uh, Ernest, he's money, the yeah. earnest of our. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, what I learned. I mean, I got this from Vody Bacham, and also saw it when I was looking at getting a house. Lost earnest, the other money. half
1: of our listeners by naming name of Thanks,
0: right? Yeah, James we got Obama. James White, Vody Bacham, controversial people. I haven't even plugged my school yet. I got to get that in. <laughs> I'm graduated. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. It's good. All right, continue, <laughs> but um, you know, Vodibacum talks about an earnest is a you know money you give to say you're serious about the the purchase, and if you back out, you lose the earnest. Yeah, Holy Spirit is our earnest money. Yeah, if God backs off, He loses the third person of the Trinity. Yeah, which is impossible. <laughs> In order for you not to be a Christian, God has to stop being God. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Well, that brings up the, uh, a point. What about those people that we see all the time in churches? Yeah. All the time. They're Christian. They go off to college,
1: become an atheist. Or they're, you know, well, know or pastors something. who served for years and all mm-hmm. of a sudden they go off the rails and they walk away from the faith. And, you know, I, I think I think some of it, I mean, we, we can go to the book of Hebrews. We don't have time for this, but we can go to the book of Hebrews and see and flesh out apostasy and things mm-hmm. like that. I, I, I do think a reality that does exist. Um even as you talk about God's decree and in particular in um, you know, the preservation of the saints, uh, there are people who think they are a Christian who are not. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. what? I, I, here in Iowa, I lived in the south where you know in terms of evangelical gospel stuff going on mm-hmm. it's it's pretty common. so a lot of people grow up culturally a Christian, sure but there was no saving faith. there is no saving faith, which is which is another reason why we continually preach the gospel every week in our church mm-hmm. um, that keeps us moving forward and thinking you know, we're gonna keep preaching the gospel. Well, I heard that last week. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna hear it <laughs> next week too. Guess, yeah, guess what? You need to hear <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> and um I do think they there are certainly situations where people grow up in the church, they think they're a Christian, um, and they simply are not. And and fruit bears that out in the end. Mm. I think it's I think
0: it's John. It's either first or second John, where he talks about apostasy in the church. They left hey, us. John. yeah. Because they were never one of us. They were never one of us. Yeah. Because if they were one of us, they would have remained with us. Right. I think that gives clarity on
1: that issue. Yeah. I think also um, talk about Paul earlier, um, and if you if you prefer to use the, the term perseverance of the saints, it's totally mm-hmm. appropriate because we are still called to run this race mm-hmm. um, on this side of heaven. You know, when sin does abound, we are to fight sin and pursue mm-hmm. holiness and to give God glory in our lives, and that is a race. It mm-hmm. is a marathon. It is not a sprint. It is a marathon. Right. And so it takes work. And, and what Jesus says in the Gospels, you'll know them by their fruit, fruit, right? And then we get into the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, pace, patience, kindness, etc. That you'll, you'll see the evidence in, in one's lives of their faith. And I think I think the hardest part, especially for non Christians, is they look into the church, are those who say they're a Christian, but there's no there's no biblical fruit. It's mm-hmm. like, you say you're a Christian, but you do all those things. How does that reconcile? Sure, you know. And I'm not saying Christians are perfect or right. should be, you know. It's not what I'm saying at all. But, but I do think there's something to be said for um, there there is evidence uh, from our faith. You know, our works. Yeah, there are work. You know, we get to Ephesians two ten. You know, we are made for. For, to do good works for god yeah right yeah and so i think there are clear signs of you know seeing one's faith um and signs where yeah. clearly it's not there
0: yeah and i think um you can go to james too sorry uh luther <laughs> <laughs> you know, He did not like the book
1: of james did he no he wanted to nix it yeah With all his foibles i was one of them where i'm like come on man to quote a politician go ahead <laughs>
0: Come on, man. Um, but James, too, talks about if you, you know, without, you know, works, your faith is dead. Like faith or works is the evidence of true faith. Yeah. Um, And I, I, to your point, like we are going to see slide downs. We call it like the, the slide. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, sliding or whatnot. But I think the Christian life is gradually going up with some with some dips, but constantly becoming more and more Christ like.
1: Yeah. And, 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 you know, if someone who's struggling their faith and come to our church, there is abundant grace, man. Mm-hmm. Abundant grace. One hundred percent. We want to walk with you. You working through some some addiction? If you are working through a particular sin issue, man, if there is anything I know, it's to extend grace and mercy. Why? Because that's what God did to me. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I am saying? Yeah. yeah but, the 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 servant that owed like ten
0: thousand to the king, yeah. king forgives him, yeah. and then the servant goes and doesn't forgive someone
1: for like a yeah. hundred or a thousand. Like, come on. And he's dude. like,
0: come. On. Come, on, Come
1: man. on, man! So, but I do think the point of trajectory is well taken. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be—I've used that language before for certain. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to see people continue to grow in holiness. Mm-hmm. I think the temptation can be, especially when you see things alive, like real time, mm-hmm. is like you see something in the moment, and you're just, and you're just like, "There's no grace for you." you
0: know? No Christian could ever no do Christian that. No Christian
1: could ever do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of stuff. And so it takes wisdom. You mean while Paul murdered people? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's before he got saved. All right, true. But, you know, I think I think it takes wisdom to really come alongside and be like, okay, has God given you over, you know, mm-hmm. Romans 1? Mm-hmm. Or do you really want to continue to, you know, fight and run this race? And I, and I think that's why that, that picture from Paul is so important. Is because when you're when you're willing to run the race, even in the midst of sin and struggles or whatever else have you, if you're still willing to run that race, mm-hmm. man, there's so much grace for you from God, and hopefully, hopefully from the church as well. Yeah, but there co- does come a point where people are like, "Peace, deuces, I'm out," and <laughs> God gives them over. Yeah, and that and that's the point where a person's like, "I don't want to run this race. Mm-hmm. Never wanted to run it, or you're running it for a little while, and you're like." Eh, no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks.
0: Like the the plant um, planted on rocky soil. Right. Roots, sure. shallow. Sun comes, dies. Yeah. Yeah. Just condense that. Yeah. Fragment <laughs> sentences.
1: There's your sermon. Yeah. I, I graduated. Yeah. I know how to use <laughs> sentences. All right. One more point. Final point. Final point. What like I think, maybe. you know, from point seven and really from points one through seven mm-hmm. is that thinking about reading about God's decree even just praying through God's sovereign decree leads a person to worship yeah it leads you to worship and again go back to a premise that I made because I know who I am in my sinful nature <laughs> and knowing what I do not deserve there's what other choice is there but to thank God to mm-hmm. praise God to be grateful for it, what he has done and he'd be humble yeah like totally we be humble, the humblest man. people like i don't
0: deserve anything oh yeah you
1: given me totally. life eternal totally man and so like at our church like our our sunday gatherings are an opportunity to worship for who god is because of what he has decreed mm-hmm. and how he is faithful to fulfill what he has decreed or to or to not contradict himself he does not lie um he is true he is faithful there's a lot to celebrate. There's oh, a lot yeah. to be thankful and to just to worship God, not only on Sundays, but with your entire your entire life. So yeah. I just preached there for a second. Yeah. So Go about, for it. I mean you're pastors. Come My on. My bad. Well, if I preach a little longer, we're gonna be here for another sermon. We're already at the <laughs> fifty plus minute mark. So all right, that was confession of faith section three. And uh so we I did I did a confession of faith section one and two so you can go back and check those out if you'd like I did them solo so they're not as, I know they're not as fun but hopefully <laughs> the content's good it's much better doing you know podcasts with a friend um, it's more fun for us oh yeah totally I get a little bored and I do it by myself I'm like I don't mean like listening to myself here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll continue to churn these out along with other uh, podcast topics that we'll be doing in the future here. And hopefully now that you've graduated, mm-hmm. um, Logan will be taking a more uh, vested interest in cornfieldtheology.com uh, and the blogging and the podcasting, obviously the resource page, which he mentioned earlier. So we just want to help you, um, the church. And if you're not a Christian and um, you're just thinking about you know the Bible and, and Christianity in general, Hey, I hope this is a great resource for you as well and mm-hmm. we'd love your comments and feedback. If there are topics you want us to discuss? Is there a topic that's off limits? Uh I don't really think so. Like we you know what I really wanted to lead out with today and I didn't. I was talking about COVID and mass. That that's not off limits, is it? It's not off limits. It's a little off topic for today. <laughs> I know, that's why I didn't say anything. because <laughs> uh, of all that's going uh, on right now. I'm like, uh, yeah. I have
0: opinions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we want like especially if you're not a Christian, I want to know what's your questions that you have? What's keeping you yeah, from having faith. That's
1: a great question. And you have what are the key objections? Yeah, key questions. Yeah, I love that. And if you're a Christian, and you're wrestling with a particular theological topic. Um, you know, shoot us a comment, and uh, there's a there's a button there. That says you know, comment, and put your information mm-hmm. in, and away you go, and we'll get the email. So bada bing, bada boom.
0: Bada bing, bada boom. Are we still sharing books that we're reading right now? You really want to share a book, don't you? Maybe. Okay, go share your book. I really love a book called Beginning Logic. By Lemon is his last name. Don Lemon from CNN? Not Don Lemon, no. Okay, different Lemon. Um, It is not for everyone, but it is super interesting. Really? Okay, you got oh, yeah. to give like the synopsis. Um, it's just, it's teaching you the foundational proofs for logical arguments. Okay. But it's very mathematical. It's not going over actual arguments. It's like, okay, if P is Q, given P, therefore Q. Q. like you you go through it's almost almost like doing math but sure. with letters which i guess is just normal math yeah <laughs> later changing out the symbol yeah. right but coming up like logic is concerned if if given these assuming these premises are true does this conclusion logically follow sure yeah, yeah. so it's been super interesting and i love it that's cool hurts my brain
1: yeah i have uh in a few books right now but nothing i'm gonna talk about But I've really been into Books about culture Okay And um, Non-Christian perspectives Of culture Um, There's one One guy I'm reading right now um, He's not a Christian But he's given his Perspective on Mm -hmm. um, Sexuality Race And um, Kind of all the hot button topics Okay It's been good And then reading Christian perspectives And culture as well So Again all those Big Big uh, Controversial topics You know race in the country Sure uh, Gender and sexuality And all that kind of stuff So uh, I've been, I've been all that. So, I, you know, I've been the reason I'm holding off a little bit is I got to finish a couple of these books. But we're gonna do am co- I'm gonna do a couple of book reviews on our mm-hmm. cornfieldtheology.com dot com website, and uh, it's another part of the blogging is gonna be some of these book reviews. So, again, we're just trying to provide biblical content, helpful content when people mm-hmm. think well about God, uh, theology, and uh, what the Bible says about God and theology yeah so. and the culture because the bible is relevant to the culture absolutely absolutely every week i want to try to bring the bible to bear to a person's life mm-hmm. in in this cultural moment so all right man well you can find us in all the relevant outlets um thanks for watching on youtube uh, listening on apple podcast spotify. spotify amazon has a thing google twitch no no not twitch twitch is like streaming S- stitcher What's this? Stitcher, something like that. I don't know. Hey, there's so many. There's so many different ones. But thanks for listening. Uh, if you're at a particular outlet, you know, give us five stars. Help us get to the top. So when people put in that, put in the search bar, theology. Mm-hmm. You know, the cornfield theology pops up, and they're like, "What comes from the cornfields?" Well, we do. So until next time, uh, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. God bless and uh, peace out. You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation
0: at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org.